can can we officially say it? Drake might be the greatest rapper of all time. Picture this, right? New Year starts. Drake's like, I need a banger. I need to get back on the Billboard charts. I need to assert my dominance for 2020. This is my new, new decade. First song it releases is called War. Literally two days after, my boy Trump, Big D, Big T, comes out bombs. I mean, like, what was it? Like a drone strike? This guy was not playing. He went and killed one of Iran's most top ranking officials, basically saying he's ready for that smoke, basically saying I'm about that World War Three action. I mean, basically the U.S. in the past, if you didn't know, they had this thing called the Iran nuclear deal, right? This whole deal was to say, yo, Iran, I see you. I see you over there building this nuclear weapons. Um, can you please chill on that? Because if you do, uh, if you don't, you're basically going to send us all to nuclear heaven. Because, of course, Iran, they're beefing with some other nations. And if they get their nuclear weapons up, they might start bombing other countries in um, the nuclear in the Middle East. I forget what country they're beefing, but they're beefing some country, right? This beautiful thing called the nuclear Iran nuclear deal or whatever it's called was built. And then now all of a sudden Iran entered it and they basically said that they'd stop building their nuclear weapons. The world is a safer place and we can all go to bed a bit more happy. My boy, Big DT, Donald Trump, pulled out of that um, nuclear deal. All of a sudden, Iran is no longer being sanctioned, no longer can really be taxed on, you know, building nuclear weapons. Of course, people can still do it, but they're saying, huh, we don't really agree with that. We can do whatever you want. We can build whatever you want. So, of course, built escalating this war to an ever so high high, my Boy, Donald Trump goes out and says, okay, you don't want to play the easy way. You're going to play the hard way. He starts getting the AC-130. He calls the chopper gunner. He gets every single modern warfare fighter from one, two, three. I'm talking about black ops. I'm talking about advanced warfare. Donald Trump doesn't play those games. He went with the smoke and killed a bunch of people from Iran, including a lot of civilians. He was not playing around. Now, of course... If there is an instigating moment to World War Three, if you're looking for one, this would probably be one. I mean, uh, a world war is something that is kind of unlikely in a sense where you have full scale, massive, like, you know, developed nations fighting within their own borderlands. But of course, hey, it, it, it's 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 as close as it gets. You know, it's as close as it gets in the modern um, era. So Drake's a genius because, of course, he released the song War two days before this World War Three memes really started popping off. And, you know, he was trying to assert himself as not only the best rapper of all time, but the best uh, fortune teller of all time. And one of the things that is pretty crazy about war, if you didn't know, is um, you might have to fight it even if you don't want to. That's one of the craziest things that um, people don't really think about, right? So let's go back to the 1960s. A beautiful time, very simpler, very more simple. Did I already say simple? Very simple time. Um, one crazy thing that was happening where in 1955 to 1975 is this thing called the Cold War. 
Basically, when you think about economic systems, there's a couple of main ones. The first one is capitalism. A more capitalist system basically says the free market decides. And basically, what something costs is what someone is willing to pay for it. Supply and demand basically run this market and you will essentially leads to smaller government. Whereas the other type of major social system is more of a communism type system. This system is basically where the state decides everything. The state owns all private capital. And what something costs is what the state says it will cost. Now, it basically, the whole reason, the whole beef between capitalism and communism is in capitalism, basically the private enterprises, the businesses, the Bill Gates, they run everything. So someone in communism will say a capitalist is evil because while the rich get richer, the poor gets poor, and there's this equality wealth divide. Whereas someone in communism will say that they solve this because everyone gets exactly what they need. The state basically appoints whatever you need. They give you the food you need, the house you need. You get only what you need. There is no greed in a communist society. Oh, but did you catch it? The state owns everything. Think about this, right? If you're listening to this podcast, you may live in America. Donald Trump runs the USA. He is the commander-in-chief, celebrity-in-chief, some might call him. Just imagine he owned everything in the States. That's the roads. That's the hospitals. That's the house. That's every business. The state owns everything. It owns everything and decides what everything costs. So you might be asking yourself, well, I own my house. Well, I own my bank account. How can the state own it? And that's when you get to the magic of communism, because you can only enforce the public ownership of your private things through state violence, through state force. And that's when the state, which would be in the USA's case, Donald Trump, would say, oh, you're not going to give me that money that I requested. You're not going to allow my your house to be my balance sheet you're not going to allow your little business to be on my state balance sheet let me send the boys let me send the troops let me send the mafia let me send the army to come handle young boy and send them to prison the amount of state violence to you know really enforce communism is pretty outstanding The crazy thing about the 1960s that I really think we all should know is that you don't have a choice to be in the military. Even in a capitalist democracy like the USA, they had 70% voluntary army, but the other 30% was this thing called conscription. Conscription says if you get this mail, yo, you better go and enroll. They use these things like SATs to say if you were really smart, you didn't have to do a combative role. But one of the big reasons why they ended up ending conscription is, oh, gosh, it, it, it is uh, pretty predatory when you really think about it, right? <laughs> 
pretty messed up. So picture this, right? We, we always in our system, we, we wonder why there's these things called generational wealth, why the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and why CEOs come from these rich, elegant families. And, you know, the average worker, you know, the family doesn't have much like generational wealth. And the reason is things like conscription. So what conscription basically did is says, we need fighters in our army to go to the Vietnam War. In the Cold War, one of the main ones was the Vietnam War. The U.S. got involved, sent some of their troops to Vietnam, and a lot of them died. Um, One of the ways that the army filled that extra 30% of their non-voluntary army is they did it through conscription And the way they would fill it is they didn't want to get any smart people. They didn't want to get any middle class people or rich people. So they would go to the poorest neighborhoods and advertise. They had a national wide um, SAT test. If you scored high enough, then they'd give you to a non-combative role. And basically what this led to is a lot of people from the poorer class dying, a lot of people from the poorer class um, doing, you know, competitive roles. And a lot of black, weirdly, a lot of black people died, too. It's, it's kind of like when these things happen, these big scale programs happen, um, marginalization and systematic discrimination ends up happening as a result a lot of times. So interesting stats I'll, I'll, I'll throw at your head top flight crew. Is um at the time black people were ten percent of the population in the United States. However, when it came to the army, around fourteen percent of the people who died were black. Uh, pretty drastic stuff. <laughs> there was a time where um they put in this. It was like nineteen sixty six, and they put in this rule that called it like a hundred man basically act or something like that, where they lowered the standards of the SATs and they lowered the requirements, so they basically got. In two years, around 200,000 people to join the army. 40% of those people who joined were black. And 25% of the combat teams that were in Vietnam were black. Of course, if you're on a combat team, you're more likely to die. Where the college-educated people, they were more likely to be in a non-competitive role. Hence, if you die in vietnam you cannot build wealth if you survive vietnam you end up building wealth generational wealth wealth gaps of these things in natures i bring this up because the 60s is a wild time and any excuse to talk about 60s is super wild uh this is the reason the vietnam war is one of the big reasons why someone like martin luther king got massive momentum in the 60s. Remember, uh, him and Malcolm X in the early 60s were talking about civil rights. The Vietnam War started happening. And then Martin, of course, Malcolm X died in 1965. And then for those two years at the end, Martin Luther King was talking about economic empowerment. He was, you know, basically proposing a guaranteed income for everyone. And he was really against this whole, not only black people dying, but a lot of poor people, too. Uh, this is why people are saying that he probably got killed by like the FBI because people were not messing around with you know him starting to really get the poorer class to revolt against the rich. But I digress. Conscription is wild. Like, could you imagine in the year two thousands a mail an envelope coming to your mailbox and <laughs> my boy Uncle Sam with his top hat and star bangled banner wrapped around him says we need you in the military and then you had to fight 
and get sent to Iran. Could you imagine how crazy that would be? This is the type of stuff that used to happen back in the day. And I think a lot of times we lose perspective, um, you know, as millennials, as Zoomers, or even as Gen X, as these people who never really had to live through these time periods, we lose perspective of how wild the world of a place the world really is. Of course, that is one of the reasons why we don't have the same barriers that people who were born to a poorer class or to a middle class back in the day used to be. And we really can break through and do great things with the time period we have. So, Remember, if you are lucky enough to not have to fight in the Iran army on a non-voluntary basis, remember that because that barrier is not in your life, you have the choice to make lots of wealth. In this CEO series, we will continue to dwell in what makes a CEO, how they built their generational wealth, and what in the past helped contribute to be put them in a beneficial place today and how we as average uneducated investors can know this knowledge, can use it, empower it and create that generational CEO wealth for ourselves. And as always, the best, most uneducated investors are the uneducated ones. Why? That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. Make sure to share this podcast on Twitter. Give it a five star review on iTunes and we flight crew have to take off, baby. See you next time.